Coming up on the show, I talk with Dan Jones from the ASB world. We talk everything ASD and everything ADHD, so stay tuned. Everybody and welcome to Inside Asperger Studios. I'm joined today with the incredible Daniel Jones from the Aspie World. Say hello, Daniel. Hey, man. How's it going? All right. First off, I need to. I gotta ask you, what came first, mentoring or your web, your your YouTube site? Um. Oh goodness. Well, YouTube definitely came first, but it was on, it was only because I. Uh, I did it by accident, so I just put up, I put up some videos, and then and it kind of the whole thing was just a complete accident. But before I got into the whole advocacy thing, you know, how did you get into the whole advocacy thing? While we're talking on that subject, I think I think it was just like gradual progression because you know when you, when you're faced with something, you know, you put videos out in the um, genre of helping people, which is exactly what I started doing. Um, you know, generally advocacy is advocating for people who need help. And so, um, I, I decided that, you know, my, my channel and my voice could be used to mm-hmm. help people. And so then I just, I just kind of started doing talks and videos and, and doing everything I could really to raise awareness, help support and yeah, build understanding. You really got quite a following. I have to say that. I mean, you're huge in YouTube with the advocacy and your videos. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's growing. It's um oh yeah, it's um it's it's growing really well. I mean, you know, we're I mean it started, you know, I started with, with no followers at all, which is, you know, typically where everyone starts. But now, you know, if we look at numbers, we've got 139,000 followers on YouTube, we've got 130,000 followers on the podcast, we got 20,000 on Instagram, we got 22,000 on Facebook, uh 10,000 uh, on um on, on Twitter, uh, not to mention we've got a blog as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we've got a mailing list with thousands on there. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's growing really, really well. I just have to say, I'm very proud of you with from one FB to another. I mean, you really are helping people out there. Thanks man. I really appreciate that. You know, that's like my, my kind of goal, like my motto, if you were to sum up what I do, it's trying to make people feel less alone. You know, that's, that's typically what I'm, what I'm doing. Both you and Jessica from How to ADHD, I mean, are doing a superb job of getting that message out, like letting people know they're not, you're not alone. Yeah, I mean, Jess is great, isn't she? Um, she's one of my good friends, and um, she's yeah, she's great. She does a lot of work, and uh, I speak to her, speak to her quite regularly. Yeah, <laughs> one moment, I just have to move my dog. Hold on. Okay, not a problem. <clears throat> there we go. The joys of working from a home office. Yeah. I've been trying to get a hold of her to do one to do a uh, talk with her, but I haven't heard back from her. And then, then she gets hit with losing her mother. I mean, yeah, that was quite hard. I, yeah, I've been down that road. I lost my father in 2017, so I know oh, I'm how she's sorry. going through it. Thanks, man. Yeah, 
I yeah, I sp- I you know I had the pleasure of meeting her mother a couple of times when we were in uh, LA. Um, so yeah, it was um, yeah, it was quite a shock. I, I will uh, I will ask Jess. I'll send I'll send her a text message and ask her if because uh, sometimes you know her emails get lost in translation and uh, you know I've had this conversation with her before where I've sent her emails and then she's like I didn't get it. So yeah, <laughs> I understand how that goes. Um, a question I'd like to ask you is how do you handle your a- your um, ASD and your ADHD? As we both have all the same symptoms, but everyone's quite different in how they handle them. Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, it's difficult. Sometimes I handle it really well. Sometimes I don't handle it really well, you know? So I try, I've almost been a year without having a, well, I have, it has been over a year without having a full on meltdown, but like I, I've had little episodes, little spurts, you know? Um, I think one of the things, I find really difficult to, to handle is uh, hitting myself in the head. I don't know if you have this, so it's really difficult. Mm-hmm, to I just, do that. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind yeah. of like, a, yeah, I get that a lot when I get frustrated, mm. I just hit myself in the head and I was always wondering where that came from. Yeah. That's a, it's definitely, it's lots to do with, with autism. Um, and I, you know, it's weird because it's like it's impulsive. It's not something that you can control. And so that really, it kind of bums me out because I try my best not to do that because it's all, almost like a state of self-harm, right? And and I don't want to do those things. But when it happens, and I feel kind of really deflated, like I let myself down. But in terms of managing, I actually use a lot of apps. I use a lot of different t- tactics. It is exactly what my videos are all about, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and funny enough, I've just um, finished, I've just recorded a course um, specifically designed for, for for going deeper into kind of like how I cope with things and it's called inside autism. Um, and I'm launching that very soon. And, uh, but, but, you know, when we're not, we're not at the launch stage yet, we'll be in about a week or two, but, but yeah, I, I find that like without an iPad or an iPhone, um, it, my life would be very challenging. Um, and especially living with somebody else, you know, having somebody to mm-hmm. co- coexist with because, my girlfriend does a lot of stuff and she, she said yesterday, like, you know, if she wasn't sharing the house with me, then I'd go to be a mess and it'd be disorganized, <laughs> you know, all of those kind of things. So yeah, uh, there's a, there's a few variables that help. What, what do you do? What, what kind of stuff do you use? Um, speaking of apps, I mean, you've promoted an app in, in your, in the, um, the video you did on, um, application for autism. Yeah, and I got it from actually. I don't know if you've seen her before. She, have you heard of Yo Sam D Sam? Yeah, I know some. Yeah. Well, I've watched her video, and she did one on Timo. Yeah, she. Yeah, we work closely with Timo. Both of us do. Yeah. Yeah, and I literally started using that, and that's been a huge help for me because. There have been times I've walked into the washroom, I see my toothbrush there, and it doesn't connect the dad's like, hey, brush your teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, with Timo, it's like, oh, time to shower, time to brush teeth, time to get dressed, mm-hmm. time to take my medicine. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's spot on every time. Every time. Dude, I feel exactly the same. You know, if I didn't have those alerts on my phone to say, take your medicine, I, my meds, I, I wouldn't be taking my medication. Like every day I forget, like every single day I forget to do those things. But like having somebody, it's almost like having somebody to like remind you like, Hey, I've got your back. Remember to do this. Right. 
Um, and I think yeah. like a lot of people kind of get annoyed when you have to like have subscription based apps, you know, where you pay like, I don't know, it's like 20 pound a year or something for the app, but like, it's really on the grand scheme of things, <laughs> you know, I pay more than that to have this use, you know what I mean? Somebody to, yeah. imagine you had to pay someone to live in your house with you to sell you to do something. It'd be crazy, right? That's- it would be crazy because it would be like your mother constantly helicoptering over you going, wake yeah. up, take your medicine, wake yeah. up, time to get, time to get dressed. Yeah. Your and it's nuts. Yeah. But um, yeah, Timo's been a great help to me. I even reached out to them and said, hey, I was interested if you guys want to sponsor me. Here is my blog. Because I know they're a small company because I know they're in the Netherlands. So when I'm trying to get help from them, it's like I'll message them during my daytime and then they'll answer me and they'll in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I didn't realize go on. Yeah, no, I've been, you know, it's funny. I've been to their offices in Copenhagen. I did a, um, I, I did a vlog on it. I don't know if you've seen that vlog where I went to Copenhagen to film an advert with them. Um, and, uh, that was really fun. I mean, I was only there for like a couple of hours. I think it was there for about six hours and I flew out, went to Copenhagen for like six hours and flew back home. It was crazy. But, um, I got to meet every single person who's on the team. They're really nice, and they're really about supporting like autistic autistic creators. Uh, and I definitely think they'd sponsor something like a blog. You know, I think it's definitely something that's down there, Ali. Um, so definitely mm-hmm. reach out to them again and just say that you know maybe share this episode with them or something. I don't know. Yeah, because I do I do love what they're doing, and they're really nice people. They're lovely people. Really are yeah, nice I mean, people. I was talking with I heard her name was Charlotte, and I'm like why am I having problems with using it? And she's like, are you using Chrome? I'm like, no, I'm using Firefox. And she's like, well, that's your problem right there. We are a small company. All we know how to do is program in Android in Chrome. So right. use Chrome for now on to use our calendar and you should be able to do things. And I started using Chrome and it's like a miracle. Things <laughs> are working right. I'm able to move things around and I'm able to create routines and drag them. Crazy good, right? It's a great, it's a crazy app. It's, I mean, for the price you pay, it's well worth the money for those of us on the spectrum. Oh, hundred percent. Like that's what I love about Timo. Like the, the, it's just so good. Um, and the, but the name, the name Timo kind of is the only thing I find really odd about it because I don't know what Timo stands for. I, I don't know what that means, you know, maybe it's a Denmark thing. I don't know. But the funny, um, the funny part about it is, uh, is yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it's such a good app, especially for everybody who, who needs to use it. Um, just like, I just like that thing of having um, like reoccurring routines, like mm-hmm. you can just do it once and you say, I'm going to do this, this. And that, what I like about it is that I have my logistics assistant, Alex, who's been in a few videos with me. Um, he has access to it as well. So when we're going away to do events, we're flying out and stuff. He then kind of logs in and puts in like meetings and stuff like that. So just so good. So good. Now onto another question. How does the UK deal with autism in the, in the general? Is, I know you guys are a lot more forward than we are. Are they more well, accepting? Yeah, well, you know, the UK is a smaller country, you know. Um, so if we look at st- statistic-based measurement, when in the United States you have one in 60 kids on the autism spectrum, but in the United Kingdom you have one in 100 kids on the autism spectrum or people, people diagnosed. I keep saying kids, but people diagnosed on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Now, considering the, the population is a lot smaller here, I mean, vast amount smaller, there is a bit more... Um, 
maneuverability with things you've got more room to create um help and support patterns because you can reach more people with with minimal effort so we have a uh, a bunch of different ones that do really good stuff you've got um there's an organization called um ambitious about autism and they're pretty good and they do a lot of good work and there's also what i call the gold standard which is uh, the national autistic society and they're kind of like they're almost they're, they're quite in, in, interweaned with the government as well they do a lot of work with the government and i do a lot of work with um the national autistic society and with that um i feel like they they provide a lot of support information and like a check-in point, you know? So if you've got an issue, you think, well, who could help me with this? Well, I'll phone the National Statistics Society and ask for their advice. I think that that's what everybody needs. And I think that's really good. But what I'm trying to do with the Aspie world, what I'd love to be able to do is create, you know, Aspie world, um, uh, you know, support centers all across the world, you know, and especially starting in the United States. I'd love to do that. And I'd love mm -hmm. to create a fund, for, for things like, you know, um, we could fundraise for a fund to then support kids who may need iPads to talk, you know, to talk or communicate or kids who may need help with a diagnosis because I know in America you have to pay for all your healthcare and it's a very expensive, um, you know, endeavor. But here in the United Kingdom, we have a national insurance where we pay every year, you know, a fee, which is very, very minimal, um, but we get access uh, to every kind of help from, from our medical standpoint. So having to, uh, yeah, having to advocate in America would be really cool. But yeah, the United Kingdom is pretty good. It's not amazing, you know, not by a long shot, but it is definitely a lot better than a lot of places I've seen. And I think like Australia and Canada have some of the worst um, support available for autistic people. That is great to hear. Now, here's a question for you in general. Have you ever gotten in trouble with your fil with not having a filter, with like just saying something that you know you shouldn't have said in one time or another? Has it caused a fight between you and your girlfriend? Oh, my goodness. That's a loaded question. But, yeah, all the time. Like, I... Um, obviously I don't know what the best things to say. Uh, I, I pretty much every day my girlfriend says, you can't say stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, i like my, fr I'll say something. My friend's like, Oh, you, you know, you shouldn't be saying that to people. I'm like, Oh shoot. And so, I mean, mm. <laughs> in general it happens like all the time, like all the time. Like I have no idea what is or isn't an appropriate thing to say. Um, and like, you know, uh, for instance, um, oh, I don't know. It's a bit. <laughs> I, well, we were at we were at my my partner Naomi. Her 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 mum was getting engaged, and we were on the beach at the time when her partner proposed to her. <laughs> and so then I, I I just said some stuff. Uh, I was like, oh no, I said some stuff, and it was kind of like rude, apparently. But um, yeah, everyone was like, oh. and it's on video as well, so everyone was like filming this <laughs> engagement, and I said some stuff, but we all had a laugh about it at the end, but. It was really funny because then I'm like, oh, man, am I supposed to say that or not? I don't know. But it does get me in yeah. trouble, definitely. Yeah, it reminds me. I used to volunteer over here at the Adler Planetarium at one point. And we do – what they have is every year or every third Thursday we have what's called a um, – after dark, which is people come and they, everyone dresses up because it's a different theme every year. Cool. Well, I was volunteering once and <laughs> there was this older couple that was volunteering with me. And one day I, and I walked up to him and I noticed there were just, there's music playing and everything. And I walk up to him and I noticed they're just leaning against the wall. And you know how you get that thing inside your head, you hear, you hear something that you think is funny, but you don't know if it's funny until you say it. Yeah. Well, I said to him, oh, look, 
you're doing the old people dance. It's called standing still. <laughs> and in my head, it sounded funny. And then the woman really nicely goes, Reed, I'll get you. Don't worry about that. Now, what was nice is my supervisor at the time was an yeah. Aspie as well with her two kids. And I told her that story. And she's like, well, she understands you, Reed, because she's a teacher. So that's uh, why she came back with that remark. Uh, she's like, I'm glad you came to me and told me that. <laughs> well, I would have laughed. <laughs> Maybe for, well, for the worst. My mouth, my mouth has gotten me in trouble too, a lot with my family, oh, to the yeah. point where I'll say something and I don't know if it's appropriate or not. Yeah, and then yeah. all my parents, and then I'll get bitched at. <laughs> Well, I think that see that's another thing. Like, I, I I always I always say to parents and people that like, if you're dealing with somebody on the autism spectrum, like you know, if you're if one of your family members or loved ones or whatever, your friend, you kind of got to just look at the whole picture. You know, we don't we're not trying to you know like annoy people or, or rub them up the wrong wrong way. You know, it's actually quite on the contrary. But in terms of doing that, I, I'd say a good forty percent of the time I can do that. You know, without even trying. And, um, you know, a lot of people used to think I was arrogant growing up. A lot of people said, you know, and I never, and I didn't have a lot of like, like friends because people would say that I was too arrogant. And I was like, I thought you mean, you know, I'm the most meek person you can meet. I'm not like walking around with this like leather jacket and like slick black hair, riding motorcycles. So I was like, I don't know how you mean like arrogant. I don't, but people, it was because that I didn't have a perceived interest in their topic of conversations. So I was only really worried about my own conversational topics, which are like, systems and stuff so anyway I, it, it is funny but i think people need to kind of remember that and i think it's doing things like this and, and talking about it it's giving people insight man this is awesome yeah um do you have any like super focused things you focus on like that you get hyper focused on like any topics you really are passionate about besides autism oh yeah of course mate there's two there's I, I'm into one right now at the moment and I love it. And it's kind of what I've been into for ages. I think it's like my new big one, um, which is um, like digital media, social media growth strategy and marketing. I absolutely, mm. I, I'm obsessed. I, 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 talk, I love it. I love, the, I love the systems in place. I love the, the, the way it's set up, all of that. I love it. And then, um, and then the other thing is the 9-11 catastrophe in the United States um, in, in New York. You know, I, I know a lot about that. Um, and I, I'm kind of obsessed over it, you know, I could talk about it for hours and things. So it's really funny. Like, and, but that leads on to my main field of interest, which is kind of like conspiracy theories and aliens and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, how are you handling the pandemic yourself? Um, it's, it, oh man, it's difficult. Like we went into lockdown and, uh, and then, so we went into lockdown in May, like everybody else did. And then we kind of like started easing up about two months ago uh, or about a month ago. And then now on Friday, tomorrow, we're in the Wales, which is the part of like the United Kingdom I'm in, is impending another, it's putting in another lockdown for two weeks, uh, which is all over Halloween. It's over our bonfire night, which is Guy Fawkes night here in the UK. I don't know if you've heard of Guy Fawkes night, but. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like. Huh? Go on. 
No, no, it just, it's because it's kind of bummer. So all, all of the cool things they kind of put a dampener on. Um, but in terms of coping with it, um, I've taken to a rigid structure of working out three days a week, on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and, and and then I do, uh, yeah, I'm just doing that. And then we have like, we, we kind of went OTT with like schedules. So we scheduled out all our meal plans for the week and then we scheduled out all our workouts. And then, um, yeah, I think sticking to that really helps me. We even plan out our snacks and stuff in the evening. So like doing that really helps me kind of stay on board because I know that's taken care of. Then I can deal with all the other kind of like mental health part where, you know, it's heavy being in the house all the time and you can't go to the store and if you're wearing a mask, you have to wash your hands, you keep your distance. And then my family members got COVID and then they got really sick and they were in hospital, you know, and all that stuff. It's like... <sighs> Yeah, I, I know what Guy Fawkes Night is because um, in two, 2014, I had the pleasure of living in your country for a year to get my master's in Canterbury, England. Mm. Wow. And I loved cool. it. And I cool. loved being in England because it was just more of a laid back feeling. No pressures. It just felt relaxed. Yeah. Were a- no- there you go. Sorry. The people were nice. It was just a little different. For, I mean, for someone like me dealing with all these different accents and people of different cultures, it was just almost like a culture shock to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it, it, yeah, it's a good place over here in the UK. I think like um, you know. I, I don't know. We've got such a, we're quite, I don't know if the word is blase, the term, but we're kind of like, yeah, oh, you know, jolly, you know, tell you, oh, let's get on with it, you know, jolly good. And it's kind of like, we just get on with things, you know, and I think that's kind of like this resilience of the British, you know, and, and I think because of that, everything is kind of quite more laid back and just is what it is, you know what I mean? Um, British people are overly polite as well. Um, so we're like, what, the I only- find, what I find funny is some of the, br- a lot of the British people I talked to were like, oh, we want to get out of there. We want to move from England to the U.S. where you want to move to here. Grass like, has always been there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I now, think, uh, and just to answer that, well, just to chime in on that before, before we get on to the next thing, I think, like, because, like, when you're when you're in a situation that you're, you've been in your whole life and you're not happy with that situation, the grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence because you never really know what you have and you don't really mm-hmm. value that that enough until you, you change it. You know, and I've been all over all over the States and, and I've been to the UK and I, there, there are parts of the United States where I'm thinking, wow, I'd love to live here. Like, Nashville was great. And San Francisco was incredible. But, like, places like Los Angeles, unless I was in Calabasas or, like, Beverly Hills or Hollywood, I don't think I'd live in LA because, like, it's crazy but i think it's it's just people who people who perceive something to be a certain way like the first time i went to new york i was like whoa what a dump it's so dirty and like you know what i mean i couldn't believe you see it on the tv and it's like all glitzy and glamorous you know and they're all like they're all showing you like um you know like i don't know like the macy the, the better side of everything yeah you know they show you the village in the upper west side or whatever nobody ever shows you like downtown manhattan or like the amount of projects that are there you know and i think like that was really eye opener for me, and it kind of really <laughs> made me realize that maybe the and, and the other thing is healthcare, man. The UK has a great healthcare system. I love it. It's absolutely fantastic, and um, you know, and God bless it, man. It's it's fantastic. We actually did a thing because of the pandemic. Every Thursday night, we'd go outside and we'd all clap to say thank you to our national health service staff because these guys were saving lives daily, man. These guys didn't yeah. get paid enough, and it's just it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, I've seen that all over YouTube, and it's just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. And um, 
And, and, and yeah, the NHS is, is just, I love it. I was born in the NHS. I, like I've had all my operations on the NHS. Uh, the staff are amazing. The treatment is high quality. And we have lower waiting times than the US and you guys pay for it. So yeah, anybody who tells you any different is lying. Yeah. But um, when you made a current, vi- one of your current videos, I'm glad you put up was um, the one called Disability. I mean, that's a huge misnomer in the Aspie world is, There are those that don't want to call it a disability because they're afraid if they call it a disability, it means there's something wrong with them. Yeah. I had a chat. I have a chat with a friend of mine a while back who's in, I met through one of the Facebook groups and the story goes, I was talking to her. I'm like, there are people out there who don't like calling a disability. And she's like, well, they can call it what they want. They can call a pink purple that elephant, but it's still a disability. (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. And people don't even, I've also come across people who don't like the word Aspie either. Oh, I know. I've come across those as well. And people, because I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. um, And then, so people don't like me using that as well. I'm like, well, it's not up to you really, is it? It was up to the people who put it on my diagnostic paper. So, yeah. Yeah. And then there are the people who don't like the word Asperger's because of the how who came up with the term. Well, it's actually funny. I mean, and then that's another kind of a misunderstanding. Hans Asperger, uh, who who was the Austrian, um, uh, you know, physician, like he didn't even come up with the term Asperger. He died in 1982, and then it wasn't until after he died that they started calling the diagnosis the diagnosis of that, like uh, less of support needed um, autism, Asperger's syndrome. So he didn't even, he didn't even name it. It was just named after him. But I think people mm-hmm. kind of, you know, don't like it because of his whole Nazi kind of connections and all that yeah. stuff. I did a video on that actually. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do want to ask you is, have you ever struggled with aggression before with your ASD? Every day, every day, dude. I've broken this hand twice. I've broken this hand once, broken this wrist. I've broken my feet, my toes. Dude, like, I, I pulled my hair out. Like, I've broken things. Oh, my goodness, mate. You name it. Like, I've just... Yeah. Right. So, I, have, man. I got a friend I met on the, through Facebook. He's He's got ASD. He's got severe ADHD. And he's got POTS and severe depression. And he deals with this all the time, and his aggressions caused him to break things, to hit things. He's self-harmed himself, and he's he's wants to know how to deal with the aggression. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, oh, it's a great um, great topic. Like, I. I... <laughs> The aggression comes from the communication of understanding. So your brain is trying to tell you something, but like, so, so when people, so when people are annoyed, they normally can express themselves by saying like, Oh my goodness, this is this, that, and the other and blah, blah, blah. But when someone on the autism spectrum gets really annoyed, it's like, it takes a while for them to, to realize what's actually annoying them. But so what you get is Mm -hmm. this outburst of like, like, you know, like a nuclear explosion going on. And and it's because of the, 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 the communication mishap between, between how you're feeling your emotions and communicating that to the outside world. Um, and I have, I, I experience it daily. Like I, I have so many, I have so many bad anger, anger issues. I mean, I, I do take um, some uh, medication for ADHD and, and kind of like it helps with anger management and moods and stuff like that as well. But in terms of the big stuff, um, I actually, uh, created like, um, like a part of the course, which I'm, I was talking to you about earlier, a part of that is me, 
teaching how to help overcome that, you know, and, and the basic best one is the breathing technique of the, the, uh, the yoga breathing technique. And, and that's, that's the only one, you know, that actually works or taking myself away from the situation as well. So like completely like stopping it. And then like, so say I'm in, I'm like outside and no, I'll say I'm in my car and we're packed up and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting really angry. I just step outside the car instantly and walk 10 feet away. Like, it's completely changed this, the, the scene. So your, your mind kind of gets a bit of a, a reset button. And so the anger stops as much then. Um, and that's a really good, inter- interesting uh, technique to try as well, is, uh, is to completely flip it somewhere else, you know. Um, and maybe you can pass it on to your friend. Or even I'll send you the link and you can register for the, for the, free, the, the, the free webinar of the course, you know. Um, and then you mm-hmm. can watch that. That would be cool. Um, how do you deal with your own anxiety? That's a great question. That's a big one for me because like I have travel and anxiety and mm. my first time going to England, I, I was happy, happy, happy knowing I'm going, 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 and then hit the airport and the first little snag happened where they tell me, oh, you can only have one parent at the gate with you due to 9-11 and I just freaked out. My anxiety went into overdrive and I just broke down crying and no one understood why my father's sitting there telling me, stop it. You're making a fool of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, anxiety is a crazy one because it like, it kicks your butt and it comes out of nowhere. And the, the best and the only, well, it's funny actually, there's, there's no real cure to stop anxiety at that moment in time. So what I do is I try to preempt anything that could cause a trigger of it to, 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 to lessen the blow. So in your situation, I would have read everything there is to know about going to the airport in that situation. How many people are to the gate? What happens here? You know, and, and, and it's a simple thing to do, but you don't really think about it because you're not in the flow of researching every you know, grocery store you're going to go to. You know what I mean? But when you, when you start to do it, and it starts to become something that's automated and you'll start doing it yourself and it kind of builds itself. And so that's one of the main ways I kind of deal with anxiety is I kind of prep myself a lot before going and the prepping really helps reduce it. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, that's important. It's like kind of like what I said about knowing your own body, know your signals before mm-hmm. to stop what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you know you're frustrated and you know you're tired, you know your frustration is coming from being tired. Mm-hmm. that's exactly right yeah um now i have a here's a big question i got a friend my friend i've just told you about yeah he's dealt with two major failures in his life due to his asperger's he had two major meltdowns yeah and they cost him his scholarship to college and his job and he's at the point where he's hit rock bottom what kind of advice would you give him to say, hey, listen, you need to pick yourself up and keep moving? Um, I love this kind of stuff. Um, I also had a huge meltdown, one of my one of the biggest meltdowns I had, but I was in my in my job and it cost me my job. <clears throat> and you know, you, you can look at it in one way, and I always say this to people, like there's no real such thing as failure because failure uh, comes from uh, you, you say that when when something is goes wrong, it becomes a fail. Like oh, it didn't go right, so it's a failure. But what I like to see is that it didn't go right, which means it wasn't the correct path. So it needs to be something else. You know, like if you if you if, how can I explain? If you have like four drinks in front of you and they're all the same color and one of them is flavored orange, right? And somebody says, right, we need to find the orange one, and you pick up one that's just 
water, right? And you drink it and you go, oh, that's just water. You don't say, oh, I failed because I've now, I've just found the water. That's it. You go, no, you keep trying and then you find the, the orange one. You say, oh, I found the orange one. Great. You know, there's no such thing as failure. When you, when you, when something like that happens, it, it should realign you to go, Oh shoot. Okay. Well, that's not the way to go. I'm going to do something else. And what I would say in this situation is it's a learning process. You only ever learn from, from failing. Oh, I don't like using the word failure, but you only ever learn from that situation because it's not failure. You know, there's no, there's no, what, cause failure is like a, a, a definite. There's like a, it makes it sound like there's a finite thing. That's it. Failed. Done. You're done forever. That's never like that. Nothing's ever done until you're dead. And so, to think about things, you know, how would you, how, how would you go about it? Would you go, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna realize that there's, that's not, that's an old option and that's not a new, new venture. And this is what I did. I looked at what I was good at in my life and I like making videos and I could make websites and I could create content and I could publish content and I learned about how to distribute content. So I had a story to tell. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I have a, diplom, a diploma, diploma in performing arts and I have a national diploma in music technology and music performance. So I'm a performer. So I was able to host videos and act like a performer and talk to camera in a way it's engaging. And I thought, wow, I could do this. So I did that and I built on it and I built on it and then I made a job for myself. That is what I would say. What is he good at? You know, ask himself this. What am I good at? You look, and then, this is all I'll say, and this is how I'll end this, okay? There was a very famous Zen Buddhist called Alan Watts. He's a very cool guy. He was um, a British Buddhist. And um, he used to work at Cambridge University. And he was a guidance counselor for the students. And these students were in like business and finance and all this, you know, nonsense. And then they would come into him and say like, oh, you know, I really want to, I'm worried now, you know, I'm leaving college, I'll be in university and I want to do something with my life. You know, what am I going to do? What's going to be the best money? And I want to see the best job for the best price and all this kind of anxiety. And he'd say to them simply this, he'd say, look, forget about money, forget about everything in life what would, how would you want to spend your days? You know, you've got maybe 80 years to live on this planet, maybe a hundred if you're, if you're in the lucky uh, category, how would you want to spend that time? You're only alive, you know, once. So how would you want to spend it? And then, so one girl was like, Oh, I'd like to be a horse rider or something. And he goes, right, go and ride horses, right. And teach people to ride horses. Keep doing it, do it for free initially, right. Or, or do something else on the side, side hustle and keep doing it. Cause when you do something enough, you become a master at it, which you know, cause you've done a master's degree. And when you do it well enough and you, you do it long enough, you become a master. And when you're a master at something, somebody will pay you to do it. And that is exactly right. So I would say, Forget everything he currently knows. Think about what he likes to do and how he'd like to spend his time. Do that and do it, do it to death until somebody will pay you to do it. Somebody will always pay you to do something. Yeah, I mean, the problem with him is he's always comparing himself to other athletes out there. And I keep telling him you can't. You have several different issues that they don't have. And you can't say, why do they have jobs and why don't I? I'm like, because you have these disabilities that are crippling you. You need to come up with your own thing to become successful at it. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean compare and contrast never works, dude. Like, I, there's, no, there's no way you can compare yourself to somebody because we're all individual. We're all different people. I mean, goodness me, nobody, no two people are alike. Not even twins are alike. So... You know, it, it, you should never compare and contrast. I know it's easy, but that's just a um, that's just your mind's way of poisoning you against your full potential. So don't let don't let you know other people live rent free in your head. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, I've told. I mean, he's told me that his medicine that they've put him on is kind of zapped his inspiration. He's a, he's good at drawing, and I'm like, go back to him. He's like, I just don't have that inspiration anymore. 
Inspiration comes from motivation. Motivation, also inspiration comes from creativity. Creativity comes from motivation. And motivation comes from confidence. If you can master the art of confidence, which is a self um, exploring self-awareness uh, technique where he looks at himself and he says, I am enough, looks in the mirror and says, I can flip and do this. That is what will change him because when he's confident, he can be motivated. When you're motivated, you can be creative. When you be creative, you'll have inspiration and that inspiration will cause success. So just start with confidence. His confidence will beam if he just allows himself and accepts himself and tells himself that he loves himself. Because I can guarantee you, he looks in the mirror and says, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm a loser. I can't do the thing. No, no, forget all that stuff. He was, he was created equally. God made everybody with the same potential, the same image. And everyone has the same a, a chance in life to do what they need to do. And he's in a privileged position because he's alive. Yeah. Speaking of inspiration, where did your inspiration come from? Um, my inspiration comes from uh, the, um, I get so pumped by things. Uh, being alive is super inspiring. I know so many people who have died. And then I think to myself, you know, my dad always says this, this line where he was growing, he, my dad used to dye his hair. He started going gray, my dad. And so he started dyeing his hair with this Grecian 2000 crap, you know, you buy from the chemist <laughs> or whatever. And then, uh, and, I was, and then he stopped dyeing his hair with this Grecian thing. And I said to him, oh, why, why are you just letting the gray come out? And he goes, yeah. I said, why? And he said, well, to be gray is a privilege denied to many. And I was like, whoa. He said that there was a guy he knew that died in his 20s and he'll never experience gray hair. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. So that kind of stuff gets me really pumped for life. I'm like, dude, this, this is awesome. And I, and you know, and I, uh, you know, and every night when I go to bed, I do thank God, like, you know, for, for blessing, you know, another day um, and, and being um, alive to experience this day. And, and, I, and I, 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 I give thanks to all the people who love me and who, all the people I love. And that kind of gets me to a mood where I'm in my head. I'm like, okay, what can I do? What have people done that are amazing? And I look at like people who just do amazing things like um, Nikola Tesla, you know, he made like Tesla coils and did like crazy stuff. And then I look at like um, uh, the, uh, the guy um, uh, who actually runs elon musk right he, he's mm -hmm. like so inspirational i look at like steve jobs and how these guys build stuff from the garages and like google and i look at all those things and then i look at i live um where i live in wales there's a huge bridge that crosses the menai straits between uh gwynedd and anglesey which are two counties in wales uh, in north wales and the, the bridge is built by thomas telford and this bridge is one of the the, the nicest suspension bridges you'll ever see and it's a, it's a suspension bridge and it's been there for hundreds of years and i just look at this thing and i think wow these, this was built by people and this came from a guy's imagination just like me you know anybody anybody could have that ability you just gotta find it and that's where i get my motivation from that inspires me to do stuff i'm like if that guy mm -hmm. can build a bridge if that guy can make like a skyscraper if elon musk can put people in space then i can sure as heck make some videos to help people now what are your feelings about cbe and using it for anxiety and helping those I think CBD is great. I am a huge advocate for CBD. I also recommend people to speak to their doctors first um, because anything you're going to do, speak to a doctor because the doctor's going to let you know if your condition will allow it or whatever, you know? Um, and we're all, you know, we're all individuals. But in terms of CBD, I, I just think it's incredible stuff. I think like it, it proper um, chills chills you out or gives your anxiety a bit of a break enough so that you can have enough kind of confidence and, and stamina to go okay no i am in control of this and anxiety won't get me today uh, like my girlfriend for instance she was like an anxious mess like every day like 
anxiety would you know kick up butt every day and then i said to try cbd and she wouldn't try it for ages and then one day she was like it's enough is enough i want to try cbd i said okay so she tried <laughs> the cbd 10 milligrams of cbd um every day and it was like night and day the difference was just unbelievable she was like whoa it like knocked her back she was like this is incredible she like finally felt like herself so i think that in terms of cbd use i think cbd is a great thing and i think that everybody should definitely try it if they want to try an alternative for anxiety you know treatment um, but definitely consult with a, your physician or doctor first because you don't want to kind of like you know for instance like the, the medication i'm on for my adhd and um and moods um actually conflict with um, a herbal or a more nat- not herbal but a natural sleep remedy which i say calls 5htp now i can't take the 5htp anymore because it conflicts with that but you know, generally you can just take 5-HTP because it's just a, a more natural way to regulate wakefulness, right? But again, luckily I checked in my doctor because that could have killed me, that concoction. So you got to like, mm. you got to make sure that whatever you're taking, no matter if it's a food supplement or something that's completely natural, it still may have um, uh, different receptors or active site receptors. Yeah. And well, I guess the last question I have for you is how do you approach companies for getting like sponsorships i mean i the way i reach out is i say hi my name is so-and-so i have i am an asperger's blogger and podcaster here is my link to my blog i'd be interested if you sponsor me if not i'd be happy to advertise you thank you let me know what you think yeah so um okay so there's, there's two types of um <clears throat> there's two types of sponsorship you've got inbound and outbound so we take um outbound requests the way you uh go out actively reaching for people who could potentially sponsor which is what you're doing right mm-hmm. and i'll speak about that in a second but inbound requests which is when 90 percent of my uh my sponsors come from is people who have the ability to email me because i plaster my email address everywhere saying hey if you want to work with me you know like sponsors and stuff email me here and I put it on every single social media front and center because I say, I want to make myself available. So what a lot of people don't do is have their contact details available for people to do that. Say, I love working with sponsors. Please email me here. So do that straight away. In terms of outbound requests, um, we do do some outbound requests uh, every now and then. Actually, funny enough, how we found Timo was doing an outbound request. And what I would say to you would be like, this is how you should word your emails. Email will say, hey, your product it's awesome. I love it. And I think it's great. And I also think that my viewers would find it equally as great. By the way, I run a blog and a podcast talking about these topics. I would love to work with you in some kind of capacity. What are your ideas? Let me know. So what you're doing is you're complimenting them, right? And you're telling them why why you like their product and why it's good, which is what they want. Everyone likes their ego rubbed. Then you tell them that your audience may also find it great. And then you say to them, hey, in exchange of me advertising you, we could work together in some sponsorship way. And then that way they look at it and they go, oh, this guy actually likes our stuff. That's cool. Because if you go out cold, it sounds like you copy and pasted the email to everybody. <laughs> and then no one's going to reply. And make and that's, that's, a, that's a big, big one. Don't ever copy and paste emails. Make every single email personal. It's, yeah, that's kind of like when you are applying to a college for your, you know, your uh, yeah. entry essay. Yeah. I've been told, don't just make it bland. Don't make it like a blanket email. Personalize it towards your specific the subject. Yeah. yeah, and the school. And that's what I did. And that's how I got accepted to five, five colleges. And I chose the one I wanted to go to. Yeah. 
dude, that's great. I actually only applied to one and it was lucky because they accepted me. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I did the, I did the same. Yeah, I went through an organization called Across the Pond and then they gave me all the colleges in England and then I just threw out, created an email towards each professor in each program and out of the five, I got accepted by four. Wow, dude, that's sick. That's so good. And then the only one that turned me down was King's College. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Their loss. Yeah. What, did, you, did you apply to Bangor University? No, I applied to um, Aberystwyth, Ken, um, Kent, yeah. um, Swath um, um, Guy. All right, okay. And, um, oh, God. Oh, One uh, more. Cambridge? Trying to think. No, not Cambridge. Um, don't remember what it was, but, yeah, all four of them said, hey, we'd love to have you. And then I just reached out to their disability departments and said, can you tell me a little bit about your disability department? Nice. Because I need, I told them, listen, Stop. I have yeah. Asperger's. I need help. Yeah. I'm coming across the pond to see you guys. Hmm. And... The one that really helped me was the one in Canterbury because he's like, listen, we will talk to you every week, once a week until you come here and then we'll arrange a meeting. So he would call me every morning and we'd go through and we'd go through everything I need to be prepared for. Wow, dude, that's crazy good. Yeah. Jeez. Well, no, that, that's awesome, man. And I, I'm glad that you, uh, yeah, the same thing applies when you're looking for sponsorship. Just think about that. You know, you're just looking to find people who are... Uh, gonna find value in what you can offer them so yeah i mean i well, tried out from one company and they just said i'm sorry we don't feel that you're right for us right now <laughs> well you know you can always offer a trial basis you could say to them like hey why don't we why don't i do like um uh, i don't know two weeks free promotion for you guys and then you do two weeks paid promotion that way I'm giving you a couple of freebies and and you, you get them to contract for that. So, you know, you, nobody's missing out and they're actually getting a lot more from the deal because you're giving them two weeks free. I don't know. There's loads of different ways, but if you wanted to know any more about that, you can always reach, reach me on Instagram and ask me. Um, and yeah, I can always talk but, to you a bit more um, if you have any questions. But um, yeah, I reached out actually to a journaling company and I said, Hey, I'm interested in if you guys want to sponsor me or I can advertise your stuff. And the woman replied back and said, Hey, we'd be awesome to help you out choose a product from our website. We'll send it to you free. And I just bought three things from them. And they're like, sure. We'll, we'll, she refunded me one of my items and said, here, try it out and review it. And then she, later on in the emailing back and forth, she's like, right now we can't sponsor you, but contact us next year because you have a great platform. And let's talk about sponsorship. Dude, that's the best way to do it. That is the best way to do it. Creating relationships and um, actual meaningful relationships. Um, and then proving that your proving that your your worth is valuable, I think that's a good one as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just just keep doing what you're doing. It took me. Uh, it wasn't until I got about. Ooh, I would say I got. I started getting good payment for sponsorship when I got about twenty thousand subscribers. Uh, around about mm, that level, yeah. it was a, it was good. It was good. But then obviously now having like a hundred, almost one hundred and forty thousand, kind of like you know, I get I get a lot. Um, so I've actually well, just hired a, silver, a manager. Well, you're a silver button YouTuber, so. Yep. I know this thing's cr this is crazy, man, and it's it's like uh, it's it's not even it's not even heavy. It's like it's almost like a, like an aluminum 
like casing and then it's like it's hollow it's completely hollow yeah you can see in the back of it wow it? yeah it's cool though i mean it's nice having my it name cool. on it but you know i don't know it was kind of cool and you know what's funny about it is by the time you know you work your butt off to get something this you know that many kind of subscribers and when i when i finally got it i was like <sighs> all right what's on to the next one let's get another hundred thousand in you know and it's crazy because i'm just so like it took you so long to get there by the time you by the time you get it you, you realize how how little that matters and how much this matters you know and so it was, yeah. it was crazy crazy i just have to say i am so proud of you and what you've done for the aspie for the aspie world i mean thank you man I appreciate I mean, that. The funny, hey, the funniest story I can tell you is I got like my friend. I was tell, I told him about you, mm. and he go, I go, go check him out. You might find his videos helpful. His he now his reply to me is he's cute. <laughs> well, I'm I am dude. damn handsome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, but your videos are very helpful. I mean, I've watched. I've been watching them. I mean, I even voted for you and your whole math conundrum thing. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't. Heard, they don't. They don't uh, announce the winner until the twenty seventh. So we got like a few more days before they announce the winner of that. So I don't know who won yet, but hopefully, fingers crossed. That'd be cool if I win. Well, well, that's the same conundrum we have here. I mean, I walk around my neighborhood and there are discarded maths everywhere. Oh, it's horrible. It's like people, come on! If your math breaks, put them in your pocket and go home. Don't just throw them on the ground. It's not trash. Yeah, yeah. And it's no one's like, going to pick them up. No, I don't understand that. And it really bugs me. It's like it, like animals are getting wrapped up in them. And oh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's horrible. But, and, um, then, and then you get this whole thing with people fighting over wearing a mask and not wearing a mask. I'm like, come on. When you want to get rid of this virus, just put your mask on and be a normal human being and let's move on with our lives. Do you know, it's funny, like one of the guys who started the anti-mask movement in America died from COVID. So, you know, <laughs> but like, and I'm telling you now, this thing's real. My my brother-in-law uh, was rushed into hospital two days ago. He uh. couldn't breathe. His heart stopped twice. Um, oh God. he went straight into ICU, then went into the COVID ward because he had COVID, obviously. Um, and then... Um, He's at home now resting, but I'm telling you now, this thing is a real, real scary, dangerous virus that that can definitely kill you. Like people, some people, like t- I heard a guy today say he didn't believe in it. He's not wearing a mask. He doesn't believe in it. I'm like, you don't believe in it. You need to just grab yourself, give your head a wobble, and really see what's going on. You know, because if anybody doesn't believe what's going on, I think they've just been reading too much of the Kool Aid. I don't know. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, I talked with a girl or a woman on Facebook the other day and she told me she lost her mother to this and she will not um she's pissed off at our president she's like this is on his watch and she won't even she can't take it I don't see I don't even think it's him because you guys have got state level issues and I don't think it's Trump. Oh, I'm like I'm, I'm not even a Trump I'm not a Trump fan right don't get me wrong but I'm not even a Joe Biden fan either I was a Bernie Sanders supporter but like in terms of um, in terms of Trump, I, I think like he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Really, he, he, yeah. you know, he gets a lot of stick and he does some stupid things. So anything he says now is completely non-violent. So he could do the best thing yet. Like he gave a, like a billion dollars or something to the autism funding, didn't he? Um, he did like he signed like an autism bill. He gave like a billion dollars to autism support funding. But it's like 
you don't hear about the good things because he does so many no. stupid things that everyone just wants to tear him apart. It's like, oh my god! But um, yeah, look, it's—I don't think it's his fault. You know, I think it's—it's it's a China shouldn't have let anybody travel outside of the country with the virus. They should have kept a track on that. Then we should have closed every border. So everybody, every house to blame for this. Everybody should have closed the borders. Everybody should have acted sensibly and quickly as soon as possible. But unfortunately, we didn't. I mean, like, like my friend was telling me, you got. You guys have um, countries out there that are going back on high alert again because yeah, we, of the numbers that go rising. Yeah, tomorrow, my, my, where I am right now, and we have this app. The NHS released an app called um, COVID nineteen. It does this thing that tracks your area, and when you when you walk past somebody, it pings you and tells you that they've got coronavirus if they have it. I was I was literally at home and it pinged. It, it was like you just been in contact with someone who had COVID nineteen. I was like, whoa, like it's crazy. Oh. But and it it's changes. The, uh, but, okay. I forgot what it's called. It's where it lets it's it backward tracks to see who's got it, who doesn't have it. It's called track and trace. Yeah, it's sort of like what I have. We have an app out here called Citizen that tracks mm. everything, and it it's got part of it that does backward tracing to let you know who's got COVID and where it came from. Yeah, yes, yeah, Citizen. That's what people go missing, isn't it? Really, mainly. I think, but um. Yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, right, dude. I better go because yeah. I have so many more engagements to get onto. Um, hope that's anyway, okay. Thank, all right, anyway, thank you so much for being on the show, Dan. It's been an My honor pleasure. talking with you. Keep up the good work. All right, buddy. You too, man. And uh, reach out anytime. It's been awesome. Take it easy. All right. You too. Peace. Bye. Hey folks, thanks for listening to the show. You can support me in all my efforts by going to my Patreon and joining up, or you can buy a t-shirt over at my Teesprings. I'll leave all the links in the show notes, so thank you for listening to the show. From the day 